It's a lesson too late for the learning Made of sand Made of sand In the blink of an eye my soul is turning In your hand In your hand Are you going away with no word of farewell? Will there be not a trace left behind? Well, I could have loved you better, I didn't mean to be unkind. You know that was the last thing on my mind. You've got reasons of plenty for going. This I know, this I know. All the weeds have been steadily growing. Please don't go, please don't go. Are you going away with no word of farewell? Will there be not a trace left behind? Well, I could have loved you better, I didn't mean to be unkind. You know that was the last thing on my mind. All right, I'm a little bit huskier than normal anyway. <clears throat> we'll explain why to the lovely listeners in a moment or two. There we are. Pretty much. So, um... Maybe it should have been a rendition of, like, We Are Sailing. That would have probably been a bit more appropriate. We Are Sailing would have been appropriate on account of We Wish to Talk Boats. Yeah. This evening. But first... Mm-hmm. We probably ought to say hello, lovely listeners. Hello, listeners. It is lovely to be back with you all again around the virtual campfire. And before we start today's episode, you may have realised that the pair of us are a wee bit creaky. We are a little bit creaky. Oh, oh we are. Creaky and croaky. <laughs> and that. And there is a reason for this. There is a reason for this. After two years of successfully playing hide and seek with SARS-2 COVID. And avoiding the damn thing. And avoiding it, it came and was a very unwelcome guest in our house, which is why this episode did not come out to you on time. For the first time in our five-year run we missed a release date, mostly because the pair of us were under a duvet trying to sleep it off and being various amounts of successful for about 10 days each. (coughs) It was pretty nasty. So we wanted to say, we're sorry that it didn't quite come out to you when we anticipated it to We're very, very glad to be back with you again and surfacing out from under the duvet 
the blanket fort that has been our home for 10 days, <laughs> only crawling out to like go to the shower and find like occasional bits of food and drag them back into the blanket fort like... Um, you see, you know, Grendel with crunchy warrior snacks. If and we then were going back under the mire again and staying there, if we were, a, if we were a podcast, <coughs> if we were a podcast that was famous enough to warrant making references to other podcasts like Astonishing Legends, they have Blanket Fortiana. Yes, which is where they 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 do their um, broadcasting from. Well, I know we have the the clearing in the virtual campfire. Yeah. So we haven't been around in the clearing in the virtual campfire or indeed very much online over the last sort of 10, 14 days. COVID was a very unwelcome guest in our house. We are now very pleased to say it has left. It's just taking us a little while to both recover from the experience. Yeah. <coughs> so still kind of still kind of. A bit on the weary side, yeah. gotta say. Fatigue. Bit yawny. Bit yawny, bit croaky, but we are here nevertheless. And this is going to be the first in a two part episode. Ta da! Ta da! Ta da! So, episode 128 will be on our regular schedule. This one will come out somewhere between now when we're recording it. And episode 128, so that you get both of them when we get back on our schedule again. Hopefully, we will not come off that schedule, because, my goodness, <coughs> this was not an experience I care to repeat. Not ideally. So, we wanted to say welcome. Welcome, lovely listeners from around the world. Welcome, welcome, and welcome back around the virtual campfire just stir up the ashes, put another log on, put the kettle on. Come and warm your knees. Get it, get it, get it blazed up again. <clears throat> yeah, just get it banked up a little bit. It's going to be a nice, it's currently spring here in the Northern Hemisphere. So it's going to be a nice kind of just chill evening, lovely clear skies. There's been a couple of wee birds tweeting away saying, hello, spring is here. Hello. Like that. Hello. You see authentic bird noises there. You don't get, you don't get that at astonishing legends, do you? You don't. Hello. You get. I mean, plenty of other stuff. That... You do. I'm not. They're not paying us. I they're just not. keep. I know. You know. Yeah. I just keep. I've been listening to astonishing legends a lot. It's rather good. <laughs> and that's that's all I'm going to say on the matter. <clears throat> okay. Anyway, so yeah, but 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 yeah, as you say, get it, get it. But what is it you said? Banked up, banked, banked up. Get the fire going. Marshmallows are mine. No, they're not all mine. We've probably got a biscuit tin zooming around here somewhere with suitable biscuity goodies in. If that is your thing, grab a hot drink of choice. Come and join us around the virtual campfire for this first of a two-part episode. Theme music goes here. Do, 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 do. I can't do that because no. I'm too. I'm still too COVIDed. See you on the other side, lovely listeners. Okay. Yes. 
Are we on the other side yet? Probably. Okay. I feel like I've visited a lot of sides in the last 14 days. Fair <laughs> Lovely, lovely listeners. If you're not quite sure who you're listening to on this 127th episode of Frithcast. Are we on 127? We are on 127. Cool. I know, right? Getting kind of banking up towards 150. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lovely listeners, we wanted to do a two-part episode, this one and our next one, and we wanted to look a little bit in detail at the burial at Gokstad. Gokstad burial, otherwise known... The burial at Gokstad, otherwise known as the Gokstad burial. Yeah, it's confusing like that. I'm I'm, I'm doing tech. Gokstad ship. The Gokstad ship. It's a ship. It's a it's ship, a ship burial. burial. And like some of the other ship burials that we've examined, we looked at Oseberg in a nice two-part episode... We looked at uh, Sutton Who. This one has kind of bling in it, but kind of not bling in it. And we'll go through that in a little while. Well, you know, <clears throat> you know that my whole thing is bling. I know, right? You know, if, if there isn't sparklies and shinies, especially sparklies, there's got to be sparklies. Depending on how you define sparklies, there's a lot of things in this burial. Well, I define sparklies as things that sparkle. There's some gold thread. No. If the light catches it right, it'll... Peacock. It'll do, eh? Peacock. A peacock? Actually, two. Like a real peacock? Yeah, you know, kind of blue-looking fuzzy bird thing that goes... No, I I know that kind of peacock. I know, I know what a peacock is. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying, are we talking about like a real peacock? Yeah. Well, that's not going to be very sparkly at this point, is it? I mean, it was. It went in there at like a thousand years ago. Might have got a bit of dust on. It's dusty peacock. <laughs> we'll get to the peacock. I love peacocks. Peacocks are gorgeous. They're loud. But... They are loud and they make <laughs> some loud. really awesome noises, like yeah. you say. But, you know, sparkly we're looking for here. Mm. We're looking for gems and jewels. No, I think we're all out. Are we? Yeah. Oh, we'll carry, carry on anyway and see what we can find. Okay. <clears throat> so this is... We're going to start off at Gokstad Farm in Norway. Okay. And the year is 1880. It's a long time ago. That is a fair while ago. Yeah. So there's a farm in Gokstad, Gokstad Farm, that is in Norway, owned by a farmer. Mm-hmm. Are you with me so far? A farm owned by a farmer. Yeah. I've got you. Yeah, okay. I'm He's with you. got teenage sons. Right. And they get bored one day and they decide that they're going to take shovels to the hill on their father's land. Right. Because it's rumoured to have a, a a Viking burial in it and they're teenage lads and they want to dig it up. <sighs> right, hang on. Okay, all right. So, look, <clears throat> this farmer... Yeah. Right, owns... A farm. Some land. Which he farms on. Which he farms on. Yeah. 
which includes which has got a hill yeah <clears throat> under which is rumored to be a viking ship burial yeah and he ain't all over that shit already nope okay fair enough it's, the man has it's local folklore it's not okay like, you know right. ship lies here marked on the maps okay so his teenage sons decide they're like, going to dig like, it up like G marks the spot. Yeah. No, there ain't no big G on this map. No. No. Did you see what I did there? I did. With the rune. I'm for, very forget. impressed. I thought... And G for Gokstad. Indeed. Oh, yeah. I like it. I yeah. like it. I was quite pleased with that. Carry on. Thank you. Where was I? Teenage lads. Yeah. Teenage lads. They decide they're going to dig up yeah. the whole hill and look for buried treasure, basically. Okay. Now, fortunately for us, they find it. Okay. <laughs> they dig out. They dig down enough to dig out the prow of the ship. What was it? <clears throat> um, <coughs> what was it Jack Sparrow said? There'd be no living with her after this. There'd be no living with them after this. <laughs> no. So, so the room is not gone and they are digging out the prow of the ship. And they're quite excited about it because teenage lads digging out a hill. Yeah, yeah. They found the prow of a very old ship and they're exposing it to the air, which is not your best idea when it's timber. And it's been in <clears throat> nice underground conditions, but never mind. But they're farmers, lads, and not archaeologists. Yeah. And, and also, <coughs> they also are. it's 1880. Yep. And archaeologists aren't really archaeologists yet either. They're so not. It's unreal. Mm. Yes. So they do their best and the archaeological authorities get to hear about this ship being excavated. Yeah. Dug out is more likely. And they go to the site and they persuade them to stop digging it up, please. please and let the professionals of 1880 go in with their own shovels. Thank you very much. Yeah. Let, let let us expose it to the air rather than you. Yeah, because yeah. that is going to make all the difference. Yeah. Yeah. So they managed to dig out a ship which is about 23.8 metres long. Now, for those of you that work in old money, it's about 78 feet of ship. So we're talking a <coughs> moderately sizable vessel. A bit big. Mm -hmm. She's about five metres wide at the widest point. Okay. And 23, nearly 24 metres long. Yeah, no. She's a bit of a beastie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's... For those who've listened to us before, I'm going to talk about something called anaerobic conditions. And if you haven't, don't worry, I'm going to go through it again. So, okay. When you put stuff in the soil, air gets into the soil and rots it down. Yeah. It's why things like leaves rot when you put them in the soil or organic things rot when you put them in the soil, like timber. So trees rot down and gradually become soil themselves. Yeah. When you've got... Those are called aerobic conditions. Not aerobics conditions. No. Yeah, wee little Mr. Mo Mr. Motivator from the 80s doing his thing Mr. in the soil. Motivator. So, Although <clears> the <throat> terms are related, it should be pointed out. Um, we are basically talking about the effect of oxygen. Yes. Oxygen is, um, for all its 
quite important for our the whole breathing thing that yes. we do. Oxygen is 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 hilariously destructive. It's corrosive, I think. It 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 destroys everything it touches. It does. It's... And it does it quite spectacularly. Yeah. So you put stuff in the ground and if it's organic it will rot down. Yeah. If it's metal it will likely rust. Uh, anything like timber, bones, leather, wood, anything like that will just gradually break down in yeah. the soil. Yeah. There are a few times when that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So you have what are called anaerobic conditions, which means the oxygen can't get to the things that are buried mm-hmm. and they stay in a much better state of preservation. Mm. Now you find these in sites like um, the Iron Age burials at Pasrick. Yeah. Absolutely stunning because they were cut into the ground and the burials were put into those spaces and then the mounds were raised over the top and the water level came up through the burial and froze it all solid. Mm. So it's absolutely anaerobic conditions frozen. Anaerobic, <clears throat> um, and being the Greek prefix meaning without or free from yeah from like we find in words like anesthetic aesthetic being the sense of feeling things and if you are under anesthetic anesthetic means you don't feel anything i have learned a thing today you see mm. so so a a n is a greek prefix i think it's greek not Latin. It's a Greek prefix meaning and. So anaerobic. Aerobic meaning of, of the air. Yeah. <clears throat> um, anaerobic meaning without the air. Yeah. So freezing stuff is one way you can get anaerobic conditions like the burials, Pasric burials at inside. They're basically in Siberia. Yep. One of the other ways you can get it is if they're waterlogged. Mm hmm. So you'll find things like bog bodies and bog finds. They're in anaerobic conditions because the oxygen can't get to them. Yeah. So you get things like the Tolland man, hair, nails, skin. Everything is there right down to the rope round his neck and the contents of his stomach. Because none of it has um, decayed because the oxygen hasn't been able to get to it. Mm. Okay. So, <clears throat> Gokstad is an anaerobic site because the base soil and sediment layer is clay. Mm. And clay, it's, it's an odd um, substance in the ground. And it basically, in this case, means the air didn't get to yeah. the boat burial. Mm. Now, they cut into the clay layer to put the hull of the ship onto it and then they they buried it afterwards. Right. <clears throat> now, this cracking ship, the lines of it, if you see it in the, the boat museum in Norway, where it is, it, currently the boat museum's being redone, but you can still see photographs of it online. Mm. The lines of it are just these gorgeous, soft, curved lines. Mm. It's quite shallow. So they originally thought it was for commercial shore use. Okay. Very, very shallow draft, which basically 
for those of us that don't go on boats very regularly means that big waves plus shallow draft equals sink. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you're talking you're talking about a boat that's designed for um riverine use. Yeah, coastal or, use. Uh coast or close close to the yeah. coast. Yeah. So they thought it was more likely to be a commercial coastal vessel. Mm. It's very shallow. The sail they found parts of it in the dig. They calculate it now to be about 110 metres square. Now, we've talked about Viking sails before. We have. And how much fabric you need to make one of those things. You do. <coughs> There's ore ports for 32 oars. And there's also 64 shields that they found. So you've got 32 ore ports and 64 shields. There's a probable good guess about where all those shields are going. The wind is in the sails. The oars are in the rollocks. And we must away. Captain Redbeard Rum. <laughs> going round and round the Isle of Wight until everybody gets sick and then they go home. Basically, yes. yes. So there's ore ports for 32. Mm-hmm. You've then also got members of the crew, like maybe a lookout or two. You've maybe got a steersman. So you're looking at maybe a crew of 40 is not a, not a bad stretch. Yeah. But you could probably, you know, if you're going to go double decker on this thing, you could probably fit up to 70 people on it. Although that might do horrible things to the draft, to be fair. You're going to put 70 people plus kit on. It's going to drop it lower in the water, and it's quite shallow anyway. Um, true. <coughs> and it's it's it. Oh, we're talking shallow draft, as in it doesn't have a. I don't know what the, the 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 nautical terms would would be, but basically, if you are, I mean, if you imagine a ship now, they're quite sort of deep. They will have they will have a keel which is is quite sort of pronounced and quite the keel is quite deep. Yeah, and the and the and the sides, sort of coming up from the keel will be quite sort of steep, if you yeah. like. Whereas, something like um, I don't know a um, a modern supercarrier will actually have a keel which is quite an a, an underneath to it, which is quite flat, kind of flat. <coughs> yeah. Um, well, this, this has got quite a nice it's got these beautiful sort of soft curved lines but it's quite shallow mm, okay so you're looking at probably a, an average crew of around 40 people to get mm. this thing to really go mm. you could probably overstack it and do standing room only for 70 okay the one thing they didn't find when they excavated was any dragon heads they didn't find any dragon prows for this at all. Okay. So it's kind of an odd thing that you'd expect those to, to be there somewhere for a ship, even for a maybe not a, a commercial ship, but a raiding ship. So I have this idea, even after all the episodes that we've done and all the times <laughs> we've talked about it, I still have this idea that you have a... An interchangeable prow, yeah, on your ship, yeah. If you're talking about like a proper ocean-going longship, you will have a. It's like got the detachable 
roof. A nice decorative <clears throat> twiddly prow yeah. for if you're going trading with somebody and you don't want to harm them on the way. Yeah. But you also have, you can take that off and you can put the, the, the fearsome dragon uh, angry horse looking thing. Yeah, with teeth. With teeth on the front yeah. in order to frighten the spirits of the, the land that, the you land that you're about to arrive at. <clears throat> yeah. So it's kind of like a knitting pole yeah. on your ship. Yeah, like a knitting pole on wheels. Yeah, yes. Only with wheels. the wheels. But other yeah. than that, yeah. So the fact that there's no there's no dragon prow, there's no or 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 angry horse or whatever it is. There is no angry horse. There is no angry horse. Are we taking it that that's been deliberately removed? Are we taking it that that was never added because it was built as a funerary ship? Hmm. As far as I know, it was. It's got signs of wear. Okay, so so it's, it's not built specifically for the purpose of burying it. Right. Okay. So, in terms of the ship, the the lifetime of that ship. Yeah. It's as far as I know, it's an actual. It's got signs of wear on it. Okay. So it's not built just for the purpose of them taking it and burying it. Right. <clears throat> but nor is it necessarily built for the purpose of occasionally being used going out raiding places and wanting to lay waste to their land whites yeah and stuff on the way yeah their land vet vetia yes so there's no there's no scary horse no in this burial that they were able to Either that they've got left in the finds or that they were able to find record of. Or There are a few photographs. There's not many of the original excavation. But they've not got any record of the dragon prows being... Any dragon prow being found anywhere in these vessels. Okay. So, it's this beautiful big ship. And like a lot of ship burials, like some of the ones we've talked about before like Oseberg, like Sutton, who it's got like a little, um, a burial room that's been constructed near the centre of the ship mm -hmm. that holds the focus of that burial, if that makes sense. As in the dead person? As in the dead person, and we do have one. Okay. In this, unlike Sutton, who, where we don't. Right. <coughs> in this case, we do. <clears throat> we have a skeleton that has been identified as male. Okay. Being very cautious of BJ581. We I have was, a skeleton that's say, been identified as male. Because they're so good at that. They are not, but there you go. <laughs> um, it's a. They would have stood between 5'11 and 6'3. Okay. For those who work in old money. Um, so quite a tall bloke. Yeah. Probably around mid-40s. Right. And probably died a fairly violent death. Okay. Now, they can tell this because if you imagine the the big leg bone that connects your pelvis to your knees is your femur. The big 
leg bones connected to the pelvis. The pelvis is connected <coughs> to the knees. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. Well, I mean, it is, but not quite. The pelvis that connects big bone to the big leg the bone. Yeah. Leg bone, big leg bones connected to the knee bone. The knee bones connected to the little leg bone. <laughs> little, little leg You've actually got two in there. <clears throat> little leg bones. Don't go complicating the thing for me. I think you've got two now. No. You've got yeah, one you, down there. You've yeah. got two arm bones. No, I think you have. Two you've four got, arm bones. You've got two you've got two bones here and two bones there, haven't you? Well yeah, you've got two legs. No, I mean <laughs> I mean because haven't you got No, you've got one femur. You've got one big but one right, femur I'm ball pointing, and socket I'm joint. I'm pointing at the, front. At the bit between <laughs> my what's that? That's where your pelvic bone. That's where my pelvic bone is. Yeah. So that's your right. pelvic bone attaching to your femur. So there's which a wall of socket joint. Which about I'm told and told is a dead giveaway. <clears throat> yes. Well, it's me, one of the two me, possible dead for giveaways. Me, for me being being one of one of my yeah. people. So, right. your, so you've got your femur attaches to your pelvic that, bone with a ball and socket joint, which can wear away, which is why people get hip replacements. Right. Because the joint so, socket wears away to a flat bone and the hip starts slipping off it. So then <clears> you've <throat> got this bone here, which underneath all this mass of it's definitely muscle. Yeah. It's all muscle. <clears throat> so your obviously. femur bone has a huge amount of muscle attachments. There's all this massive bone here. Yeah. Then there's a <laughs> knee. Yeah, your knee does weird stuff. The knee is weird and, and clicks a lot because I'm old. It takes about four pounds of pressure to break a knee. Does it? Yeah. Thank you for knowing You're that. You're welcome. <clears throat> and, and I have a knee cap. Yes. Which I know that get used a lot in 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 mafia movies um and skyrim and skyrim that's where all the arrows go that's where the arrows go <coughs> yeah right so underneath all the complexity of the knee you've then got this bit and this is what i mean when i say the little leg the little leg bone your shin bone because with your calf muscle at the back is this one bone or is this two bones i can't tell it feels like there's one there I think there's two. There's a, a big one and a little but one. But then there might there? be another one there. Because <clears throat> there is in your forearm, there's two bones. I can't tell. I'm going to have to break them and find out which one's hurt. That, yeah, no, don't do that. That could be. And yeah. then you've got an ankle. The oh, ankle, yeah, your I can ankle do. is just mad. The foot is ridiculous. Yeah. And then <clears throat> you get toes. You and have then... tarsals and metatarsals in your feet. And you, you, all... might, you might have. You've got about, I don't know... I ain't having no tarsals in my in my in my foot. Yeah. Have I got tarsals in my foot? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Carpals and metacarpals in your hand, tarsals and metatarsals in your toes. Oh. Yeah. As in carpal tunnel syndrome. As in carpal tunnel syndrome. Okay, fair enough. Which is where the sheath of the nerve gets irritated and inflamed running through the wrist joint, which is commonly an RSI injury. So a lot of people who use the early computers ended up with carpal tunnel syndrome until they figured out ergonomic keyboards and mice. Got you. Now, this person... <laughs> this person who has is, no RSI injuries. Who is dead on this ship. <coughs> Very dead. Well, prob <clears throat> probably didn't spend a lot of time typing. Well, 
No. Let's put it that way. So what did they have? They had something to do with their leg, you said. They did, and there's a lot of being attacked in the legs, so the, the space between your pelvis and your knee, and having cuts there. We've got none of the, the soft tissue is gone. What we've got yep. left are the bones. Right. So an osteologist can pick up a bone and basically read it. Okay. And read what kind of age the person was. There are diseases that affect the bones. There are things, if you've got any damage like this person had, he had cuts to his femur, which is a common battle injury. This is this is this big, big the, bone The big here. bone, yeah, the really big bone, the one with lots of tissue around it. So if you think how hard somebody has to swing a sword to get through that tissue and mark the bone, because that's the bit we've got left. Although, to be fair, <clears throat> and I'm not a... What's the word? I'm not a... An esthetologist, no. Um, Osteologist? No, the bone pe- specialist. No, the no, the people who study the 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 the, the anatomy of the human body. An an anatomologist. An anatomologist. Right. Okay. I'm not an anatomologist, but <laughs> I do happen to know if this is a femur. Yeah. Right. Mm. I also know. That there is quite close to this, and just under there, where 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 you probably don't want to be, you know, because this is on a... the inside of your leg. Yeah, yeah. There is also the femoral artery. The femoral artery. Yeah, which is quite important. It kind of is bad news if you get it hit by a sword. Yes. Yes. So I'm thinking, did the person whose <clears throat> leg has got this nick in it? It's got more than one. So yes. Yeah. Was one of them they, cutting the femoral artery? Did they cop, cop it in the femoral artery? Well, if they did, it wasn't going to be very easily fixed. You weren't going to be able to fix something like no, that. No, because... You all... pretty much can't fix that nowadays. No, because all your blood falls out. <laughs> it does. You know. And... and the man is filled with water and you make a hole in him and the water leaks out. Yes. Yes. Indeed. Yeah. So, for me... It's not too great a stretch of the imagination to think if this person was wearing chainmail, mid-thigh is often where your chainmail stops. Yeah. So there are upper leg injuries between the knee and the bottom of where your chainmail would sit. Yeah. And they're quite common. And this person had those injuries. So you can expect that... You can infer from that that it's a violent death... You can infer from that it's probably a death in battle, in warfare, somewhere. Yeah. And that he was an important enough afterwards that they retrieved his body to give him this shiny bling burial. Yeah. So they haven't just left him where he is. They've given him the whole <clears throat> ship. They've given him... A 25 metre... <clears throat> yeah. twenty, Nearly 24 metres... That's not going to be, you know, you're going to dig a hole in clay 24 metres deep, uh, 24 metres long and five metres wide to put a ship in. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be quite big. This is somebody that you want to you wanna commemorate. Yes, mm. for some reason. So 
lovely, lovely listeners, we're going to leave you with that introduction to Gokstad. We've talked a little bit about the ship, about those anaerobic preservation conditions, and a little bit about the person who was in it. Yeah, we've also we've also talked in in almost total ignorance about human leg anatomy, which is, is quite... That's just a clear bonus, you know, for which, you biology people out which there. Which is quite it's a just, thing. Yeah, I mean, any, yeah. Anybody, wants, anybody who wants to sort of chime in and go, that's not how legs work at all, I am more than happy to listen because I know nothing about diddly anything. Yeah, please come and join us around the virtual campfire. And if you want to come and find us online, you can. Mm. If you want to find me, I'm Suzanne Martin. I'm a heathen with a head full of stuff. You can find me on Facebook at Suzanne Martin, or you can find me on Twitter at Geetha in Jeans or on my blog at Geetha in Jeans. And if you want to find me for any reason, you can find me on Facebook uh, as Kate Coldwind. You can find me on Twitter as Kate Coldwind, although I never tweet anything. So it's up to you whether there's any point in that. And also, if you go to our Facebook chat, if you go to Facebook, you can you can find us at Facebook slash Frithcast pod. Um, where you can find our little page, which uh, links to our little group, which links to our little Discord server. We do a lot of things that are little. Um, oh, no, we're just but, kind of, you know, you know, cozy community. Yeah, we don't have we don't have huge, like, ambitions for for for, for sort of like dominating the no. the internet space or anything. So it's all good. So if you do happen to wander past the virtual campfire. Come by and say hi. Kettle's always on. It is. It is. Sometimes it's on the hedgehog. Sometimes it's on. There might even be. There might even be marshmallows. (laughs) There might even be marshmallows. The other day we had ice creams around the virtual campfire, so you know it's all good. We did. So lovely, lovely listeners, come and join us again for the second half of our chat around the Gokstad ship burial. That will be episode 128. We hope you can join us then. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.